Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. Are there any moments or spots on any of the sets we worked on over the seven years that you guys felt more at home that were like your little spots on the set you like to hang out? I'm afraid it was the sink. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. You had to act <laughs> by the sink a lot. lot. Yeah. I was behind the counter. Yeah. Right. Doing business constantly. Uh-huh. Mom stuff. Uh-huh. <laughs> Disciplining you <laughs> in some way. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Culture war stuff tonight, national divorce. We are going through trouble in our university system. Maybe you've heard what's happening in East Palestine. All that's coming up tonight on I'm Right. You know what's funny? I talk about national divorce sometimes, you know that, you know that, about how we need to separate as a nation, how we're at least two different peoples now, and when you're two different peoples, you shouldn't live together, then you just fight all the time. And inevitably, when you suggest something crazy like that, or radical, you get pushback, a lot of pushback. And most of the pushback I get is totally valid. If you're one of those people, I get it. It's, that's, a, that's quite a thing to say, right? Well, just break up the country, that's quite a thing to say. But let me tell you something. The pushback doesn't bother me. Actually, the support doesn't do anything for me either. You know why? Because it's inevitable. It doesn't matter whether you love it. it doesn't matter whether you hate it. Jesse, you suck! Doesn't matter. None of that matters. 
It's inevitable. Human beings migrate. This is the whole history of the world. This is not just America. Human beings will migrate for a variety of, variety of reasons, but always human beings will migrate because they don't want to live here for whatever reason, and they want to live here, so they will move. Human beings move. They will not live in any kind of a permanent way under a system that is hostile towards them and the things they want. That's not even an American thing. That's the whole history of the world. It's going to happen. It's already happening. It's happening right in front of us right now. Did you know that during COVID, two million Americans packed up and moved? Two million of them. They didn't want to live under tyranny. While my kids were in school, mask-free, big neighborhood parties with their friends, walking through the grocery store, no mask on, I would have to take flights to New York City and it would be like I landed in a zombie apocalypse. And people know, and they move. Also, beyond the tyranny you will experience in blue America going forward and already have experienced, the crime. The crime's going to get worse. You know, that's the craziest thing. That's what I've tried to tell people when they think maybe I'm being too over the top or too harsh. You know that as bad as crime is in places like L.A. and New York and Chicago and the major American cities right now, and as bad as it is, and it is bad, you know that it's not going to get better, right? You know it goes down from here. Ah, uh, Jesse, that's not true. People will wake up. No. No. The people who are able to wake up, most of them in these cities, they've already moved. The people who are left, they don't wake up. They keep doing the same thing over and over and over. Well, I got to vote Democrat. Daddy voted Democrat. Democrat every time. I'm going to play you something. You've seen this probably before, but I'm going to play it for you. And I want you, as you watch this, I want you to wrap your mind around this. The new mayor of Chicago, his name is Brandon Johnson. An absolute turn the jails open, pro-crime, anti-cop nutball. Chicago will be Juarez in a year. You think Chicago's been bad? It's about to get so much worse. But as you watch this video of Brandon Johnson, I want you to know, somebody, it wasn't me, but somebody overlaid the areas of Chicago who voted for Brandon Johnson versus the areas which have the highest number of crime. So these are the parts of Chicago that were the most ravaged by crime. And the parts of Chicago that were the most ravaged by crime ran to the polls and overwhelmingly voted for this person. So if defunding the police isn't the answer, what do you plan to do with your resources? Is it less money or more money to police departments? Well, it's it's more money towards the the areas of needs, right? And as I mentioned before, you know, we're working to double the amount of young people that we hire, um, not just for summer jobs, but for year-round positions. Um, one of the things that I think is actually quite fascinating about um, our position here in Chicago, we've been pushing this ordinance called Treatment Not Trauma. In essence, first responders... Uh, social workers, counselors, EMT, these individuals would show up to cause um, that, that require those type of interventions. In fact, in Chicago, almost 40% of the 911 calls are mental health crises. We're asking mm. police officers to do their job and someone else's. People are going to move. They won't live there forever. And Chicago will turn into hell. 
And look, it goes, it goes beyond COVID stuff. It goes beyond crime. What are your values when it comes to life, the life of a child? If you're somebody who believes in pro-life, believes that life is a precious God-breathed thing who has every right to be born, how long are you really going to live in New York and California? This isn't just an attack on abortion. It's an attack on democracy. Once again, states have become the battleground on these fights. We'll always protect access to reproductive health care and all individual rights here in New York. What do you say to the women in these states, in Idaho and Florida and other states where additional restrictions past Dobbs are, uh, governors are attempting to put them in place? Uh, you can accuse me of many things, but not being inconsistent. Um, almost a year ago, I put up 20 billboards in seven states very specifically answering your question. But now, all these women who probably are encouraged by those billboards, they may not be able to afford to travel to I California. Know. I know. So what can you do, what do you tell them in terms of how you can fight for their rights well, and against this? We've been putting up resources, we've been fundraising in that space, we're continuing to remind people that we have your back. Where do you want to live? Do you know that since Roe v. Wade got overturned just in six months, 32,000 fewer abortions were had in this country. No, not in California. In red states like Texas that are moving forward, banning this horrific procedure. Where do you want to live? Well, look, and even if you're saying, Jesse, I don't care, and that, that's fine. Look, you think about what you want. You have the values you want. You should understand that enough people do that this nation is separating. People are separating. We are at least two separate peoples, and we should be two separate peoples. What are your religious beliefs? I'm, uh, you personally. You don't have to tell me, and I don't care what you believe. I'm not your, not your dad. I'm not your pastor. I don't care. Are your religious beliefs, though, that, that you want to live in the U.S. of gay? Because you do. You know that, right? The federal government, the states, the corporations, entertainment... You live in a gay nation now. The pride flag is the religion of the United States of America. Are you happy with that? Or do you want to get out of that and live somewhere else? Are you happy with your new United States Navy? And I was able to deploy on the USS Gerald R. Ford last fall. And the coolest thing I did on board was to be able to participate in a LGBTQ spoken word night and I was able to read a poem that I wrote to the whole ship and that was probably the culmination of the whole deployment. I know where I want to live. It's not there. And I'm not alone. So it doesn't matter whether you scream and yell at me or agree with me when I talk about divorcing. We are divorcing. We will continue to go this way. People will migrate. And that's a good thing, because darkness should not share space with the light. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I am right. We have a huge show for you tonight. This might be one of the better shows we've ever done for you. Just buckle up for this one. Before we get to all the rest of that, let's get to your dog. The wife sent me something really insulting yesterday. You want to know what it said? Because I didn't want a dog. Right, And now she says that I baby the dog and I greet the dog before I greet her and things like that. Do you know what she sent me? She sent me something that said, uh, where is this thing here? No one is closer than a dad and the dog he didn't want. It's not true. 
not true. I'll ignore them when I get home tonight. I'm not even interested. Now, I am going to give my Fred rough greens, though. Fred is always going to have rough greens. We used to just give it to him one meal a day. Now we put it on his food twice a day. Remember, it's not food. It's a nutritional supplement. All natural. Omega oils, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals. I give Fred rough greens because I want Fred to live a long time. And I know when I give it to him, I'm prolonging his life. I'm prolonging his health. Fewer trips to the vet. His eyes, his digestive system, his coat, his joints. Man, a free Jumpstart trial bag. Go give it to your dog. Roughgreens.com slash Jesse. All right? We'll be back. I'm a businesswoman. Mm -hmm. I had a really clear job to do when I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. What does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. It means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important (laughs) that we had another approach. Corporate America continues to invite brain tumors into their own organization, and it's not working out well for them. So what do we do about that? They're not stopping. They're infecting everything. What do we do? Let's ask Matthew Peterson about that. Joining me now, co-founder of Newfounding and also Claremont Institute Senior Fellow. That's quite a list of credits right there in his name, Matthew Peterson. Okay, Matt, what do we do about that? Yeah, well, the first thing to note is that when you're in a war, you need to realize you're in a war and you need to do something. So thank you for asking the question, which a lot of people don't ask. Um, Let's take this example, because it's really important to see how embedded this stuff is, right? And just unpack it a little bit. So there's kind of an unholy triangle between woke research firms, which get paid millions of dollars to tell woke marketing executives at companies like Budweiser, that what they should be doing to make money, of course, is all this woke stuff. And then they give even more money to woke advertising agencies to run woke campaigns. Now, this happens regardless of how many people at these organizations right, feel differently about politics. And the problem is the way these businesses hire right now, they're looking for the same degrees. This this woman, I don't even wanna know her background. I, don't even, I haven't even looked at it. I feel like I already know it. We all do. They hire the same kinds of people who do the same kinds of things, and they all work together to promote this agenda. The only way out is either for large corporations that already exist to start hiring people who aren't insane or for sane people to go build new corporations. And both of those are possible. Okay, both of those are possible. Let's focus on the new corporation part of it first, because I saw this from a Bud Light merchandiser talking about not be well, here's a video. Um, I work for an affiliate company. I am a merchandiser, and the sole product of the company I work for is Anheuser-Busch Products. So with all this canceling going on, um, there's, 
I mean, I've never seen such little sales in this past few days uh, on these products. And it's, it's sad because when people don't buy this beer, I don't make money and I can't feed my family. So it's kind of uh, heartbreaking, I guess, that um, Anheuser-Busch did what they did. And they don't know their clientele. So it's uh, kind of heartbreaking. Thanks, Anheuser-Busch. I may not be able to feed my family coming up here soon. Matt, I feel bad for that guy. Maybe because I have a relative in my own life who's stuck in the corporate world, getting a brand new rainbow email every week. It, it, miserable, miserable. And they want out. They want to make money. Obviously, they want to support their family. But they don't think they have anywhere to go. What do they do? Yeah, so I, you see this over and over again. Over the last over the last four or five years, you really see this all over the place if you're paying attention and you're connected to the kind of people we're talking about. And here's what they want. Let me just re re repeat it, and then we'll go into where what they can do. Um, look, people, it's not that they're cowardly. These are people who just aren't suicidal. Like, they don't know where else to go. They're willing, even in some cases, to take a pay cut, to move to a red state. They want out of the of the madness. They they realize that it's it's equity over excellence all day long, and they have to get out. A lot of them think they're going to have to resign on principle or be fired at some point, and that's probably true. Um, so in the last two years, one of the things we did at New Founding uh, was create a talent network where quietly these people can look for jobs, congregate together, and be matched to employers who also you know want people who are about excellence. And that's the only way to fly. If we don't band together, it's over. Uh, you you can't stay in these places. You know the problem is these big corporations can take a huge hit. Look at Disney, and they don't care. They'll just try to hide. They're not gonna fire all the people who are making bad business decisions. By the way, they're not gonna fire them. Go woke, go broke doesn't work. We have to combine all the talented people out there to make new things. And in a lot of cases, you know, they're not necessarily entrepreneurs, right? They're a highly talented professional. They don't necessarily want to start their own business, so they need to combine with other people of like mind to put the put the parts of the amulet together to foster a whole new range of businesses uh, with people who just really want to build excellently. And and look, I think this is a commercial cultural movement that is latent. It, it's it's out there. It, it is real, but we need to help foster it, and we need to help people out. They need to exit woke capital. Absolutely. All right. Now, let's uh, before we come back to new founding in this new network, new parallel economy, let's focus on something you just said there. They don't care about taking a hit. That's so weird to me, Matt, because even CEOs, even high-powered CEOs, if you're only as good as your last quarter, as they say in the corporate world, he's got to stand in front of a board and explain what the charts and the graphs and how much better they're doing and what the path is forward. And if you're Bud, you know, in this situation, let's say they really do lose $5, $10 billion, they have a CEO who's got to stand up and, and point to the board and justify that. Why don't they care if they lose money? Well, here's the thing. If the board, like in the case of Disney, uh, has people on it who are okay with their daughter having a hysterectomy uh, because she's confused about her gender before she reaches the age of 18, uh, you know, the board may not be entirely sane. The other problem is that in a lot of cases, the board isn't a bunch of, you know, old guys who are looking for the long-term health of the company. Uh, but these companies will be owned by giant conglomerates that are, you know, really run by Ivy League kids pushing numbers who want to force them to go woke. So 
so the 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 thing that what will happen is of course they'll they'll realize if they take a big enough hit like Disney did well we have to steer around this but they're not going to solve the problem they're going to try to subtly hide and mute the wokeness right and they'll just keep going in the same direction they never actually root out the problem it, they feel as if it would be uh you know career suicide in elite society to actually say you know what all these woke people are fired. And they're so big that again, it's not like they've, they've completely gone bankrupt. They haven't gone broke. They're enormous corporations. And so they think they can weather this out over time. And everyone in elite society, including all the experts who work for the you know, consulting firms, tell them the same thing. Um, so the only thing that they're gonna pay attention to, I agree with you on this, is taking a financial hit. That is why we have to band together talented people to create alternatives that aren't just grifty, but real to really start taking market share. Because if we do that, then we'll actually build something good while they drive themselves into the ground. But until there's a competitor- Which brings, up, which brings us to new founding. Tell me what it is. Yeah, so two years ago, uh, you know, I was watching the results of the uh, election really even before that in 2020, and I just felt like we have to go do stuff. We have to go build what's needed. We can't ask anyone's permission anymore. I was sick and tired of, you know, uh, begging some of the uh, uh, you know boomers, some of them are great, some of them aren't, uh, for permission to go do things. And I met up with uh, my my business partner uh, Nate Fisher, and I moved to Texas, and we just created a venture model. Really, in the beginning, we built a bunch of stuff in media and, and otherwise that we felt needed to be there. And during that time, boy, I, I tell you, you know, I, I traveled the country. I listened to so many people who were. Um, who are in these situations and we just started to experiment with how do we solve these problems but for real uh, with talented people. So um, I'm actually transitioning out because some of our things are going to successfully go to other entities I can't talk about right now. Uh, and then New Founding itself is building the talent network which is taking off like gangbusters because people want out. And so we, we built a lot of things we just felt actually you know were, were addressing the landscape of reality that we're going to push things forward and media, media finance and tech. And at the heart of it really has to be connecting investors with entrepreneurs and talented people together uh, to foster, it's not even a new economy, it's really just the actual American economy uh, that hasn't been taken over uh, by woke communists. And, and look, the energy is there. You know, I'm, I'm telling you, like this is, it's not a, it's, a, it's a terrible thing to look out in the news I know today, but I think that we can, we can do this, we can take action. Uh, and that's what this is all about. I love it, man. I love it. Keep doing it, man. I'm rooting for you. We'll help in any way I can. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. That's our path forward. We must build our own. Let the communists burn theirs down. Let's build our own. New founding. I am officially intrigued and on board. I love it. All right. We have more. We have more. You know, I was on Timcast last night. I'm a busy man. Very important celebrity. <laughs> anyway, quit. We'll show you a little bit of that. And we have much more to come here on I'm Right. Before we get to that, let's get to... You know, I just got off a plane. Just got off a plane right before the show. You know what I heard the entire time on the flight? <laughs> Everyone sniffing. Everybody. Why? It's allergy season, man. We're just drowning in clouds of pollen. Everyone is right now. You probably are too. But I'm not. Why? Am I superhuman? A little bit, but that's not the reason I'm not drowning. I have even pure thunderstorms. I have them all over my office. I have them all over my home. I originally bought one. 
I bought it and put it in my bedroom. I didn't think anything of it. And I came back an hour later, my air was so clean, it was, it was almost odd. You could taste how clean the air was. It made the rest of the house smell dirty. Eden Pure Thunderstorm is the greatest freaking thing I've ever found. They sell three packs of these now for $200 off. Go to EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE, and get your three pack, $200 off. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. The, the people who share our values are so out of touch with how evil the traditional institutions are in this nation, the, the, the institutions that they previously have attended, and that they will not only still patronize these, these institutions, they'll write them big checks, they'll send their kids there, and then they'll come to neighborhood parties and brag about it. And I'll just sit there with my jaw hanging open because I know the love and care that parent took with that kid. I know that kid, 18 years of love and care and values and manners, and you're so proud, but you're so unplugged you're so not wired in that you send them off to the wolves and like clockwork two years later jesse i can't believe it aiden came home he's got 20 rings in his face and a, a joe biden sticker on and his car and, and he hates my guts and what do you want me to tell you it's crazy it's the world we live in now joining me now I love this guy just for the institution he founded. Legal Insurrection is one of the better organizations in this country out there, really doing some awesome stuff. He's also a law professor at Cornell, Bill Jacobson. Bill, the university system in this country, I really, I sympathize with these neighbors, with these friends of mine, because they're proud of their kids. And they're, you know, they went to Stanford, right? I went to Duke, I, I went to, and they want that for their child because they love their child and they don't understand what they're doing, but man, it's bad. Yeah, well, I've argued for a long time that the university systems uh, throughout the country, uh, there's no one that's more worse than the others, uh, cannot be reformed internally, that they have been captured essentially by a left-wing ideology, call it progressivism, call it whatever you want to call it. It's a monoculture at most universities. It certainly is a monoculture at Cornell and all of the Ivy League institutions. and. The best proof of that is looking at the faculty makeup at Cornell. I think 99, the Cornell Sun newspaper, 97 or 98 or 99 percent of faculty donations go to Democrats. Uh, I forget which group it was did a survey of the humanities departments at Cornell. Only one out of about 100 were, was a registered Dem uh, Republican. So it's a monoculture. And it's really a problem, and parents don't really understand what they're feeding their kids into. How has this changed over your lifetime in the university system? I understand universities, they've been liberals since before I was born, but they haven't been like this. How has it changed? How fast has it changed? Well, I've only been at Cornell 15 years. I was in private law practice before that. But if you look at the studies and you go back 30 years, you're right, academia has always leaned left. So if you look 30, 40 years ago, it was about self-identified 60 to 40 liberals versus conservatives. If you look at the most recent data, which is only a couple of years old, it's something like 28 to one uh, identifying as liberal versus conservative. And if you look at the youngest group of incoming professors, 
ones who've been hired in the last 10, something like 40 to one. So what's happened in academia is that the left took over the hiring and they only hire their own. I could never have been hired at Cornell if I had my website when they hired me. I didn't start it for another year. And that's just the reality of it, that if you look at all of Cornell University, 1,700 approximately faculty members, there are, you could count on less than one hand the number who publicly identify as politically conservative. That's how skewed it is. So what's it like for you on that campus? Well, it's been a, been a tough road for 15 years. Most of the time, up until the George Floyd issue and the Black Lives Matter, all of the attacks and all of the criticism came from off campus. Post George Floyd, it started to come on campus. Uh, so it's lonely, <laughs> I guess you could say it's lonely. Uh, I am certainly the most openly politically conservative person in all of Cornell University faculty. Uh, and with that comes good things and bad. The good things is I end up being the faculty advisor to almost every right of center undergraduate group, uh, Cornell Republicans, Cornell Review, Cornellians for Life, you can go down the list. I am their faculty advisor because I'm really the only one who's available. And let me tell you something, as disheartening as the overall picture of academia can be, there are great conservative students on Cornell's campus and on almost every campus. And they really, I mean, that's what gives me, keeps me going is that the conservative students on this campus are phenomenal, great people, very courageous and the sharpest people because they have to defend their views every single day. Uh, if you're a liberal on this campus, you get patted on the back and everybody goes along with you. If you're a conservative on Cornell's campus, you've got to be prepared to justify your position. So. It's at one level hopeless, at another level, I, the conservative students on campus give me, uh, keep me going. One thing that concerns me a great deal is not just the infection of all this communist filth in the university system, it's that it's at our most elite universities. Uh, Cornell is just slightly above the community college I attended, Bill. It's Stanford, <laughs> it's Cornell, it, it's Harvard. It, 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 it really, it's seriously because these universities, Cornell produces senators, CEOs, presidents. The, the elite universities make the people who do lead our cultural institutions. It's so much more damaging that our top universities carry this filth out there. Well, I'm most familiar with law schools, and it absolutely is true. It's no coincidence that the most recent controversies have been at Yale and Stanford, two of the top yeah. three or top four schools. I think you're right. The more elite the institution, the more, for whatever the reason, intolerant uh, students and faculty tend to be. I think that uh, lower-ranked schools tend to get more of a population of students who reflect the U.S., Whereas the elite institutions tend to get students who went to elite undergraduate, who went to elite private schools, who went to, you know, have been coddled throughout their lives. Not everybody, but a significant portion of them. So the, the higher the ranking is in U.S. news, the more likely, uh, and Stanford and Yale law schools are the great examples, there's going to be a left-wing intolerance. Bill, there's something that concerns me greatly about where I think we're going. I think we're seeing just the tip of this right now, but I'm about to play a little video. It's Democrats saying, well, just ignore the ruling about the abortion. Well, here it is. 
But are, are you taking it off the table that uh, you will recommend the FDA ignore a ban? Everything is on the table. The president said that way back when the Dobbs decision came out. Every option is on the table. But I do not believe that the courts have the authority to to have the authority over the FDA that they just asserted. And I do believe that it creates a crisis. Bill, if we're going into a period of time where Democrats at the highest positions of power will simply ignore the law, I don't think people realize what that means for a country if there is no more law. Well, you know, the only major institution in the U.S. that has not been captured is really the U.S. Supreme Court, captured by the left, I should say. And because of that, there has been a concerted effort to delegitimize the Supreme Court. And so the fact that Democrats are constantly attacking conservative justices, sometimes physically attacking them, as happened with Justice Kavanaugh when there was an assassination attempt, uh, is part of a plan that if they cannot control the Supreme Court, they will seek to delegitimize it. And so what you're seeing in those clips you played are Democrat attempts to delegitimize the one institution that is a block against their absolute power. And so that's not surprising. But yes, the difference between us and countries that turn into civil war is that there are checks and balances and that no one party controls everything and that the court negative court decisions are respected. Certainly conservatives, we've had plenty of negative court decisions. In fact, probably more at the Supreme Court level than, than otherwise, but we respect those and we, we move on. In fact, the Democrats aren't is a pure power play to try to delegitimize the one thing standing between them and absolute rule. Yeah. Bill, I appreciate it. Come back soon, that was awesome. Great, thank you very much, take care. All right, East Palestine, remember that place? Yeah, they're still suffering. What's going on there? We'll talk to someone about that in a moment. Before we get to that, I'm sure you saw the news of the day. Brazil, major nation, calling for the end of the U.S. dollar being the basis for trade in this country. Also, we have the BRICS nations, the major nations, joining forces, solidifying agreements. I don't think Americans really understand what it means if the dollar gets on the outs at the global level. You really need to have called Oxford Gold like yesterday, but since you didn't do that, call them today. You need Oxford Gold in your 401k and IRA. You need Oxford Gold sending gold and silver to your home. Now is the time to take precautions because once the dollar pops, then it's too late. Oxford will take care of it. They're super laid back, but they will take care of it, all right? 833-995-GOLD. Tell them Jesse told you to call. Call Oxford Gold Group. 833-995-GOLD. We'll be back. Everyone's forgotten about East Palestine, Palestine, Ohio. They have. And I understand that. I'm not indicting anybody. I'm not pointing any fingers. There's a new story, new scandal every single day. But we shouldn't forget about them, should we? We have all these people who are suffering. It's not their fault. And everyone just kind of moved on. The president never cared to begin with. Joining me now, Shane Cashman. He's a reporter at Tim Cast News. Hey, Shane, what's going on over there in East Palestine? Hey, Jesse. Uh, it's 
it's pretty sad. They're they're living in a type of limbo. You know, like you're saying, we're in a revolving door of tragedy in this country. Our bandwidth uh, kind of stinks right now because we are, you know, when I'm in East Palestine, that first day there, the Nashville shooting happens. And these people, obviously everyone's mourning that, but uh, they're watching uh, basically like the tide recede from them onto the next tragedy. And it's been that way, you know, for, for many, many years now. So being there, I just see a lot of people who don't know who to blame anymore. They, they don't know if they should blame Norfolk Southern. They don't know if they should blame the EPA, their own governors. Uh, it's kind, Everyone's uh, kind of outside of accountability right now. And I think that's why they're not giving any answers because once they start giving real answers is when you can start to point the finger at someone. Okay, well, Shane, are they getting any help, uh, whether it be government help, Norfolk Southern help, private organizations, mm-hmm. charities? Is anyone coming? Because I know this is not a wealthy area. It's everyone, right. everyone just tells these people to move as if they all have a second home in Barbados <laughs> somewhere. Are <laughs> right. they getting anything from anyone? Okay, so I believe Norfolk Southern gave everyone $1,000. So that, which is everyone, everyone told me that laugh like you just, like you just did, because these people are yeah. definitely, you know, they're, they're definitely blue collar. They, they can't just pick up and leave. Most of them have businesses, which are right on that main street, which is market street, technically, which uh, the railroads go right through. So their businesses were affected. The florist I spoke to in the story, she couldn't even do her flowers for Valentine's day, which is obviously one, a big day for her. Uh, so Norfolk Southern gave them that, which is laughable. Uh, there are people who are coming in to help, which is great. There's a lady, Soup Mama, who got her start going with the truck convoy across the country as a chef, basically. She has now become this person who arranges different large donations, goes into different towns like the tornado uh, torn areas, I believe in Mississippi, uh, East Palestine. Uh, she's helping give out clothes, food, uh, water. You know, you, if you go through town, you will see pallets of bottles of water everywhere behind the churches along the roads so the people have come together and then you know you can look at the epa there's a a temporary office that's opened up on market street which is right near the uh you know where the wreck happened and depending on who you talk to people there have different opinions of the epa some people think they've been helpful other people think they're useless uh you know i think they're basically there to just be a type of confessional booth for people to come by and be like, I don't know what's going on with this, uh, the federal, the federal level, the state level. And they are facilitating some tests at some local areas, uh, for whether it's livestock or people's streams and their properties. Uh, so when I'm there, I'm watching, uh, residents go to this office and they're basically venting. They're saying, well, who's helping us? Why aren't you testing this now? Why aren't you worrying about dioxins now? Why aren't you, um, what was the one thing I saw? Oh, people are worried that the uh, the wreckage site, their address has supposedly been moving east from the original site. Now, I talked to the EPA through email. They wouldn't talk to me in person. So they didn't ask, they didn't answer that follow-up of mine. I wanted to know why that was possibly happening because if that is true, it's changing the radius of the people affected. So I don't know if that's uh, the truth yet. The EPA hasn't answered that for me, but uh, I, I think these people are just in a limbo where they're they're terribly worried about the health of their themselves and their children. Shane, let me ask you this: Everyone, well, I shouldn't say everyone. A bunch of people are becoming aware 
of a lot of train derailments, a lot of this food processing plant, this dairy farm, this, this, there's, there's been a lot of fires and explosions and derailments, and there's been a lot of logistical and supply incidents, to put it very, very mildly, in this country over the last year. Now, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I don't have any idea. I don't know whether we're under attack, whether we have a, a, an incompetence problem. I, I don't know what's going on. But it seems like something is going on, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been calling it a pandemic of incompetence. I couldn't tell you if it's uh, planned or not. It, sometimes it feels like it is. I don't have those answers. But it feels like we are watching the infrastructure of this country co collapse in on itself. You know, watching East Palestine, watching these people suffer, uh, them telling me how all the Hummers, all the National Guard, all these police, the police presence all left basically the day after the train tracks were put down again, um, it, it shows me while they're suffering there, all these other disasters are, are happening that we're just talking about. I don't think we have the bandwidth to handle all of this, tra all of these tragedies, whether it's the dairy farms, whether it's a, the train derailments. So whether or not it's a, a planned thing, which sometimes it feels that way to me, I, I don't know. I do know that we are not, uh, properly handling the situation. These people in Ohio are certainly suffering. And I guarantee the story will be the same if you go to these other places, such as, you know, my last day in Ohio, the uh, the barges crashed on the uh, Ohio River by Louisville, where supposedly methanol oh. may or may not have leaked. Uh, while also while I'm, while I'm leaving Ohio, the mayor of Philly is doing the, you know, the, the photo op with the sipping of the water to say the water here is safe because they had another, uh, uh, I don't know if it was a derailment or a crash in it with the barges or what. So it's just, it seems to be happening everywhere. Uh, I just don't know if it's something that we're paying attention more to now because of how horrific a image like the plume of smoke in East Palestine was, or if we're really watching something uh, ultra nightmarish. You have a piece up for Tim Cass called Invisible Mountains that I thought, I thought it was a fascinating read. What are you talking about? Thanks. Uh, I'm basically talking about how we in this country and probably the rest of the world are people living in alternate realities because we pick and choose their narrative. We're basically fed a diet through media, depending on which media you uh, you want to read into, which whether it's independent media, whether it's corporate media. Uh, and we we can look at the same bit of evidence. It could be a video uh, and come away with a completely different story, whether it's a George Floyd narrative, the Kyle Rittenhouse narrative, and in this story you're talking about, I talk about watching uh, the January 6th. Uh, January 6th happened with my grandma, who my grandma had, was on a very healthy diet of, of NBC. Uh, so she's watching something that to her looked like a horrific storming of Normandy situation and invasion, and I'm watching just being like, eh. It didn't. It paled in comparison to what I saw the previous summer with the, the riots, right? So, you know, it basically starts off with this idea of I knew a gentleman who who did literally flee a cult, and his cult believed that they were immortal. They believed they couldn't die. But what happened was someone did die in the cult, and they basically had to warp their belief system from the cult around this reality, which was obviously not true. You know, obviously people die. He witnessed it, and you know, he through. Uh, chance by chance he found a book and the book basically told him this idea of the invisible mountains where if you're if you're traveling or you're on an adventure let's say and you, the map says there's a mountain there and there's a mountain in front of you great the map works out but if you 
you're there where the map says there's a mountain, but there's no mountain. You can either say, I'm going to change the map up, or like certain people with certain uh, media diets, they will twist their reality to fix uh, the real reality to match what's on their map. And uh, I think that's a terrifying place to be. It is. It is. Shane, I appreciate you, man. That was awesome. That was awesome. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right. We got light in the mood coming up next. We probably need that, right? It's been a long week before we get to light in the mood. Let's get to your timeshare. This is the time of scammers. This is the time where people, oftentimes corporations, will take advantage of others. And timeshare companies are famous for this anyway. They sell you the timeshare, oh, enjoy yourself. You do for a while and find that you're done with it and you would just want to be done. So of course you can get out, right? And then they tell you, no, no, sorry. You sign the, you sign the document, you sure looked at the fine print, you can't get out, you're stuck for life. And they're making you pay those annual fees every year, special assessments. This is the norm in the timeshare industry. Lone Star Transfer caught on to this scam a while ago, and they've been helping people get out for a long time. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. 99% successful. They not only will get you out, they'll put it in writing that they'll get you out, and they'll give you a time frame in writing. Call them. 844-310-2646. All right? 844-310-2646. Or LoneStarTransfer.com. We'll be back with Light in the Moon. All right. It's time to lighten the mood. And what would lighten the mood more than hearing from an expert? I love hearing from experts, don't you? I like whenever I can, I try to hoover up wisdom. I want to make myself wiser. I want to make my life easier by using the wisdom of others. And I have somebody really wise I'm going to show you here in a moment that I don't, I've learned a lot from him. Before we get to him, let's get to us as a people. Remember, we talk all the time about how we're not going to save the nation from Washington, D.C. out. It doesn't work that way. We will begin with our community, and we will expand out from there. And hopefully one day that encompasses Washington, D.C., but where does your community start? Where do you start there? With yourself. With getting ourselves healthier. Look, I'm on the same mission you are. I'm not some Greek god over here. I have to make sure I'm eating better. I'm working out more. I'm making sure that all my levels are balanced where they should be. I take a male vitality stack from chalk, not for the 20% increase in testosterone in 90 days, but so I can make sure I'm taking care of me, because I can hardly take care of the nation if I haven't taken care of me. They have a female vitality stack as well. They have all kinds of natural herbal supplements, whatever you're looking for. And they're anti-communists. Talk about putting your money where your morals are. Go to choq.com. Promo code JESSE gets you 35% off subscriptions. Go, all right? All right, let's lean on some wisdom from somebody who knows? Who are you? What do you do? I am Jesse Kelly. I am, for one, I'm the menu whisperer. I'm the greatest orderer of food in the world. If you look at a restaurant menu, 
I just am a genius when it comes to ordering those. But I also have a show, nationally syndicated radio show, called The Jesse Kelly Show. I have a TV show called I'm Right. And now I'm a world-famous author. I wrote my first book ever that doesn't come out till June, but I'm sure it'll be world-famous, called The Anti-Communist Manifesto. Jesse, I'm going to have to take you up on this menu claim. It's a mm-hmm. bold statement. Mm-hmm. The best of the best. Look, in God gives us all talent, right? You know, Mozart could play instruments or whatever he did. When I look at a menu, I know the best thing to order. And people think I'm joking when I say that. But when we go out to dinner, which I'm sure we will at some point in time, you won't order what I order because you don't trust me right now. But I will order something superior to yours, and you will look at my food, and as always happens, you will say, I should have got what you got because you don't trust you don't trust me, but you will eventually. This excites me. I you see, will. I love you, Jesse. Thanks yeah. for coming, bro. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. Who is there for heroes or the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs comprise their In the Line of Duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. Over 80 walks, runs, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Jesse. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com 
Use the code JESSE for a massive discount on any Chalk subscription for life. CHOQ.com, code JESSE. Limited time offer, subscription cancelable at any time. 